Welcome back to episode six of season five of The Secret Library. This week we'll be moving on to the relationship between teaching and building your own writing life. Earlier in the season, the very first episode, we spoke about day jobs. And I decided to break teaching out into its own episode because it is in many ways the most frequently suggested and the most frequently mentioned job for writers. And I felt it deserved its own episode and its own conversation. There are major advantages for writers in teaching, and there are also quite a few challenges. And these two aspects of teaching are what I want to explore with you this week. But let's start with the advantages, because there are a lot. Writing can be isolating and lonely. And I know that for me, being a teacher and a coach means that I've made it my job to talk about books and writing. And those are my favorite conversations to have anyway. So being able to do this as part of my work makes it a really natural fit. As an introvert, it's, it's not necessarily my first instinct to run out and talk to a bunch of people about things. And whenever I find myself in an unfamiliar social situation, the easiest way I've found to figure out how a conversation is going to go with a new person is to ask them, what are you reading? Because if they're not reading anything, they're probably not going to have very much fun talking to me. And if they're reading something they're excited about, then I know we're going to enjoy connecting. So this has been much the same in terms of building the community that I have around teaching because my students are fortunate for me, really wonderful, kind, brilliant people, and they are resourceful and they are thoughtful and share their discoveries about their writing and themselves. And because of this, through these conversations that we have in my courses and in my work, they not only become better writers along the way, but they also make me a better writer with what they discover and what I'm able to learn through watching them. So it's a back and forth symbiotic kind of relationship that I've found is immensely rewarding for everyone involved. Because the thing is, I'm a novelist when it comes down to it. I do write nonfiction, but mainly what I write nonfiction about is the process of writing novels. So at, at the core, I'm a novelist, and it's a writing form that takes a long time. And it's a long learning cycle. So for me, the novel I recently completed took about five years. And I've bitten off a big chunk with my next book, and I, I don't anticipate that one being much faster. I think it will be easier to get to the heart of the story because my system is now easier to navigate and I have a better sense of how this will go. But I picked something that has a lot of historical detail that I really am looking forward to diving into and I don't want to rush that process. So as a result of having a long cycle 
between projects, you know, two times of trying something in 10 years doesn't give you a lot of chance to improve the process. But since I have students and since I'm able to watch them and since I'm able to suggest the things that I'm learning and discovering about the process, they're able to benefit a lot faster. And we're all able to learn more quickly together by sharing what is making the process smoother and easier along the way. And this impacts everybody in terms of their writing being more satisfying. So that's a huge advantage to being a teacher. And in addition, writing isn't the only thing I've taught. I've also taught English as a second language. And in both cases, I've found that the necessary process of breaking down the material that you're teaching has helped me understand it better. I understand how writing works better because I'm a teacher. I also understand the way language works better because I've taught it. And you don't get the appreciation for a process or a language until you've experienced it as a teacher. So there is the same kind of personal growth that happens from teaching something as there is from being a student and learning and trying something new and seeing how this impacts your life. And I found it absolutely necessary to me in terms of being the kind of writer that I want to be. But what it boils down to is that there is a community that comes with teaching, if you're lucky. And part of the reason this is possible for me is that I teach adults. So it's different if you teach children, if you teach high school, if you teach college or university where there is a more formal separation between you and your students. But I have my own company, I have my own school, and I teach adults. So there is a community aspect where I am the teacher and I'm sharing my process, but in another way, we're all just writers together. And that has made a tremendous difference to me in terms of both the last period of time during COVID, but also just as a writer in general, where even if the world was rolling on exactly as it had before, writing is isolating. And being a teacher that talks about writing a lot with students makes it a little bit less so. However, even with all of these wonderful advantages, not to mention the schedule, which is more formalized if you teach for someone else, but it is socially acceptable for teachers to do things like take summers off. And I have very much managed to mirror an academic sort of calendar mixed with Germany's traditional holiday calendar in a way that works for me. And as a teacher, you get a lot less pushback from having these kind of breaks than you do in other professions. So these are all huge advantages, but it's important to know the challenges that come with teaching, especially when you're trying to maintain an active writing life yourself. And if you're able to navigate these challenges, which for the most part I've been able to, but a lot of learning I've done has been based on not doing it right at first and pushing myself too far or not handling things in the best way on my own account, and learning where the limits and where my energy and my availability and how much I'm really capable of as a human being is at the end of the day. So lest you leap into teaching with no additional references, um, I want to go through the challenges so that you're aware of them as you're considering this as a potential option to support you as a writer. 
So I put the episode on boundaries before the episode on teaching for very specific reasons, which is as a teacher, boundaries are essential because if you're going to maintain enough time and energy to write your own work, you need to protect your creative energy and your your energy level in general, as well as your health, your rest, your personal space, the, the time you have to space out and daydream. All of these things can easily get funneled completely into teaching. And I definitely let this happen early on to the point where it was basically impossible for me to work on my own writing when I had a class in session because teaching was so satisfying to me that all of my creativity went into it. And it definitely was even more the case when I was creating a new course. So I don't anticipate getting any work done at the same time as I'm creating a new course. Those are that's that's as much creative energy as writing two books at the same time for me. So I've really had to learn what my limits are in terms of how much I can create at any given time. And that it isn't just about shutting out the things that you don't want to do in order to make space for writing. It's just as much about shutting out the things that you do want to do and that look really shiny and fun and cozy. Because when writing feels isolated, then of course you're going to run o- want to run over and get back into the course forum of the class you're running and chat with everybody instead of facing that scene that seems really challenging. So I adore my students and it has been an ongoing process for me to set limits on when I'm going to interact, when I'm going to ask um, ask them questions, answer questions, be available um, both energetically and in terms of my time when I'm online. Um, I've had to set really strong physical limits like not looking at my phone all morning so that I am only thinking about my own projects and my own creativity in the morning. Now, I did move to another continent from where most of my students are. So the time zone factor definitely helps because I know that my students are not awake in the morning when I am awake. They're still asleep based on the time change. So that also helped, but it is not necessary, hopefully, for everyone to move to another continent in order to have these kinds of boundaries. But this gives you an idea of how difficult it was for me to look away from the really fascinating conversations that go on all the time in the classroom. I have also determined how many courses I can have at a time. So in 2020, which we'll talk about more specifically in an, another episode, um, there was fear for real because my income as an English teacher, English as a second language, dried up because there was a, a lag period while things were moved online. So I knew that I had to develop new offerings and build something else in order to pay my rent and in order to pay my bills. Uh, my husband's salary wasn't going to cover everything for us. And so that needed to happen quickly. And so I really pushed my boundaries, both in terms of creating new courses, of which I made five in 2020. That makes me exhausted just thinking about it now. But I was I was very motivated in that year. And I also offered several at a time. And so I spent almost all of my time answering questions, being in the forum, and being really immersed 
in teaching. And as a result, I spent very little time on my own writing and I had to take actual breaks, which I didn't really do until this year. But I think I probably would have finished my novel earlier if I had not structured my schedule that way. And so after having done the, you know, go too far, swing the pendulum over to having a ton of course offerings happening and creating a ton of new classes and doing as much as I possibly could, using up all of my energy on teaching, I had to swing back on the spectrum this year. And I learned, you know, that I am an introvert. I already knew this, but that I don't have the same kind of boundless energy for social interaction. And so the way that I teach means that I expend a lot of energy. And when somebody signs up for a course, I am all in with that person. And so I have to remember that if I'm going to offer courses this way, and if I'm going to participate this way as a teacher, I can only have one course going at a time. And I figured that out the hard way, but it has been possible to adjust because the nice thing about being in charge yourself is that you can try things and you can change. And that way I'm able to preserve my energy and continue to think about my own ideas at the same time. But you might have periods of time where you go in one direction and realize you've gone too far and have to course correct. And because I teach for myself online rather than teaching for a school or a university, which are other options available to writers, um, it also makes me a business owner. So this is a challenge where not only am I a writer and a teacher, but I have to be a marketer. I have to find students. I have to build connections. And even though it looks like a school kind of popped up last year, it was actually five years of work leading up to that point. So going into teaching may require some prep work and it may require some groundwork and it may not be possible to fully support yourself with teaching if you're doing it on your own from the beginning. And there's admin, there's marketing, there's all kinds of stuff. And there's writing energy that has to go into writing for the business if you have your own business. You know, I don't just write my own books and stories. I write newsletters. I write all kinds of stuff. And so I have to factor that in, in terms of how much energy of the total I have. So these are all things to know as well when you're considering teaching as a day job. You know, how much other kinds of writing are you going to have to do? Even if you teach for a school, you're going to have to you're going to have to do grading. You're going to have to write comments. You're going to have to write feedback. There's a lot of writing involved in that, in addition to the, just the teaching and discussion. So factor that in as you're, you're making those choices, because in addition to the fueling conversations, it's an inhale and an exhale process with this work also. To do this and to write at the same time, wherever you teach, for whomever, it's really important to believe in your work, but also to know your, your limits. It's really important to believe in your work and also to know your limits. 
your worth and to be okay saying no to potential opportunities. And part of this is societal. And it's just something that our society has constructed, particularly in the West. And that is that the creative arts have been valued less and less. And we expect to get more and more content for free. And somebody has to create that. So we don't expect to pay for news articles. We don't expect to pay journalists for news. We don't expect to have to pay to read the things that writers have written in many cases, whether that's blogs, articles, or even books in some cases. And we have many, many free sources out there for photographs, music, etc. cetera, uh, or at least at a low cost, you know, where we pay, you know, we have these subscriptions um, or memberships that give us access to things at a much lower cost. So this frames an expectation not only for the arts, but to how we, we look at the arts in terms of where we're putting our money in general. And this is something to know as you're teaching, because along with this comes a devaluing not only of the arts, but also a devaluing of education for these areas. You know, schools cut the arts when their budgets get tight. And so it's harder to find jobs as a teacher in a creative field. Um, people expect to pay less in general for a writing course than a business course, say, because there is an expectation that the business course will have a return on investment that's higher than the writing course. So if you teach for a school, you're shielded from this in many ways, other than the fact that there may be fewer jobs available because of budgets in education. I started teaching writing um, in someone else's school, which was very helpful. And it's an excellent option for many, and I highly recommend it. If you're able to teach for someone else, either an institution or another, another online writing teacher, to get the benefit of the experience and seeing if it's a good fit for you before you go through the process of building a whole concept. And what I have found it comes down to is this. Um, if you teach for yourself, it's important to remember that you got into this not because you wanted to be a writing teacher primarily, but because you wanted to be a writer. And every decision that you make, every course and program that you offer is, is not just a source of income. Like we're not widget makers when we're writers who also teach. We are creating a relationship with a group of students, and we're providing a community for that group of students. And I'm not comfortable half-assing what I give my students. So as a result, as I mentioned before, I offer fewer courses every year because I want to do them well, and I also want to not burn out and be able to write myself. So these are decisions based on my priority being, I am a writer who also teaches. That's an important distinction for me to make. Your reality may be different. And what I urge you to do is to look at what fuels you and see what you love about writing. Do you love conversations about writing? Do you love looking at 
source material, talking about books, is conversation a major source of inspiration for you and a source of fuel? If there is overlap between your fuel and teaching, then that can be a really great match. If it feeds you, as I have found it feeds me, it can be a beautiful balance. But you have to remember to value yourself, your own writing, and your energy level as much as you do your students. And part of this is if you are running your own school rather than working for someone else or teaching your own courses, you've got to charge what you really need. You have to think about what you have to earn to have a livable income what it, what it takes to be able to save, to plan for your future. All of these things are part of the process. And often when you're teaching, the other thing that people are getting the benefit of is years and years and years of experience when you may have been underpaid or extremely unhappy or stressed out or many, many things that happen when we're gaining experience that we're ultimately able to use as teachers. So know that this is part of what people benefit from when they work with you. If you're scared about money and you're scared that you don't have enough to cover everything, both your writing and your teaching will suffer and you won't be able to offer work that's satisfying to you or transformational and meaningful to your students. So it's really important that you protect your time both during your courses and between your courses so that you're able to replenish and take care of yourself so you can continue to write and you can continue to be healthy and well-rested so that you are the kind of teacher you want to be and that you can feel proud of. The only way to be a source of inspiration to others is to be in a good space yourself as much as you can. And if you're able to strike this balance, which... You know, this is a this is an, a beginning conversation in the process. I could probably do a whole season just on this topic. But if this is something that you want to do, you have to do it in a way that is healthy for you and that is sustainable. And that being able to write sustainably as well as share what you've learned sustainably is the ultimate goal while you're able to sustain you're living. So those are my thoughts on what has supported me in being a teacher and a coach and what it has meant to me to share what I've learned and the processes I've created through tons and tons of education I've been through myself as well as work experience and others and transforming that into the best day job I've had so far. Even if there are challenges, even if I have to learn to make decisions based on being an imperfect human being who isn't always capable of expending the amount of energy I would like, or who I wish had 40 hours a day instead of just 24, we have to work with the reality that we have. And if we can embrace that and get creative with it, it can be a wonderful a wonderful solution for many. Thank you so much for listening to The Secret Library. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
And if you have, I hope you share it with a friend. The best way that the show can spread is people who enjoy it, sharing it with others they think would benefit. So it means the world when you leave a rating and review for the show wherever you listen and when you share it personally. If you want to stay connected, we've got several options. Through the link in the show notes, you can sign up for footnotes and get weekly tips, resources, and insights on writing in your inbox. And subscribers to Footnotes get access to the Secret Library Cafe, which is my private community of writers, another way to stay connected and overcome the isolation we discussed in that episode. We have a monthly Q&A where you can submit questions and I will share answers in a video. We also chat about books, writing, and other delicious topics, as well as having a discussion thread for each episode of the podcast. You can join us by subscribing to Footnotes. Again, that is in the link in the show notes. Finally, be sure to check out our companion content over on YouTube, where we have weekly short videos that dive into one topic per week from the episode so that you can really focus on one tip or practice for your writing life. Thanks again for listening. Happy writing. And we'll see you back here next week.